The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Initiative, Welcome to the season finale of the Avengers Initiative, WandaVision, a PoppyChuloRadio.com original series. Poppy Chula Radio, celebrating a decade of podcasting excellence. Today is Monday, March 8th, 2021, and I'm your host, Jeffrey Aruz. During this podcast, we'll be having an in-depth discussion on Disney Plus's WandaVision. Please welcome my co-hosts, Priscilla Rocha. Oh, damn, I had a perfect line for this, but I completely forgot about it. Hey, everybody. How dare you forget your perfect line? My heart is broken. And Professor X. Hello, everyone. Professor X, was that your perfect line? I was going to try to work something about only the person who put the hexes in place can make the perfect line, but I thought I'd be stretching the point too far. Okay, well, there you go. Well, let's jump into... (laughs) Yeah. Y'all are too much. Let's jump into our discussion of Season 1, Episode 9, which was titled The Series Finale and debuted March 5th, 2021 via Disney+. Here's the official synopsis of the episode. The events of WandaVision come to a head, and the destinies of all who took part are determined. Hella vague, yet hella on the nose, if you know what I'm saying. And I'm sure y'all do. Okay, so this was this is it. This is the last episode of WandaVision. Um, it, was it as satisfying as you thought it would be? I, we will find out because we're going to jump into this into this discussion right now. And I want to start off by talking about vision. Let's get rid of our double vision. But I'm bumch. Let's talk about both visions because I mean, let's be real. This season. Season. This series finale uh, was, in essence, the uh, the actiony part of uh, the Marvel movie that we were watching. This Marvel movie in um, nine parts um, over the course of allegedly six hours, according to Kip, Kevin Feige. Um, we we got to the part where it's just the big battle, and so in essence, the majority of the episode was the big battle. So instead of focusing on the biggest battle, let's talk about the smaller battle, which was uh, the Hex's vision versus the White Vision. So, uh, Professor, talk to me about the fight, because it started off as a physical fight, and then it went from the physical to the metaphysical um, Olivia Newton-John is probably loving all the physicality. Let's talk about it. Well, I'd just like to once again step up and say you've got the white vision and he's the bad guy. Once again, the white guy is the bad guy. Representation matters, Marvel. I know, uh, right? say nothing of Haywood. We'll, well, we'll uh, talk about God, him I, in a moment. I love the way it played out. Um, you know, the fact that, you know, they were two very evenly matched uh, combatants. Uh, and, you know, Vision one by talking it out. I mean, it's it says something about Paul Bettany as an actor that, you know, his his quiet moments uh, famously, you know, 
uh, with uh, with Wanda last episode, uh, but also, you know, uh, in the age of Ultron, you know, the towards the end of the movie, you know, the the quiet moment he has just talking with uh, with Ultron before he has to destroy him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he he's a character. He's an actor who brings such gravitas to, you know, a character that, you know, when you think about it, he's a synthesoid. And, you know, last episode when Darcy was sort of explaining, so I was created to take over the world and then I died. Yeah. Then you died again. You know, it, it would be so easy for that to be seen as as silly. He gives it such gravitas, uh, you know, and, you know, as someone who, you know, has been around since the beginning of the Marvel Universe. I mean, he's been around as long as uh, as Robert Downey Jr. And, mm-hmm. you know, now, spoiler alert, will be around longer than Robert Downey Jr., presumably. Um, I really liked it. I, I like the fact that, uh, you know, as I say, that our vision, you know, colored vision, um, not in that way, um, Wanda's vision, uh, you know, was able to win by invoking a philosophical argument um and uh and also are you familiar with the uh you know his way and you know white vision just goes of course as if so obvious uh but uh you know basically establishing that and, and i was really afraid that it was going to be that you know wanda's vision was going to go but your your programming says that you are to kill the vision but are you the vision or am i the vision and you know in a star trek in sort of oh does not compute must destroy self but it wasn't that it was that he was able to get through to him unlock those memories uh so now you have this you know this new vision which was the old vision um you know who who goes off and has all the memories but none of the emotional component which is very you know comics accurate to what happened in the vision my only problem with that is that you know in the middle of the fight between the two visions, if he suddenly had all of his memories restored, why did he run away? Why did he, where did he go? Why did he fly away? It, that didn't make any sense to me uh, in the moment. He, he should have joined the fight. He should have been there, you know, helping fight Haywood because, you know, Haywood was the one who was trying to turn him into a weapon. Uh, unless he didn't know Haywood was there and he was trying to fly off to shield headquarters. I don't know. That was one of the very few uh, negatives I thought about the episode was that, you know, I really didn't understand uh, what uh, what old visions uh, justification for that was. But it did allow, you know, our vision to be with his family for the final confrontation. So felt maybe like it was a bit more of a story armor thing than, than something that made sense from a character point of view. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Um, my, my assumption is is that they want to continue this on in probably one of the films. Um, and we will more than likely get the answer there. It, it did seem just a little weird that we were introduced to this character and then bam, he just sort of flies off. I, I wish that there would have been just a tiny bit of closure with that, but I guess, you know, if this is just a piece of the larger MCU puzzle, it I guess it sort of makes sense that they wouldn't want to just tie up every single loose end in this episode, which they didn't, to be quite honest. I mean, we, yeah, the way that the episode ends, there's still a lot of questions. Uh, Priscilla, what about you? What'd you think on the vi- of the vision on vision action? Vision on vision, vision rolled 20 on his persuasion checks. He totally, like, just demolished him with rationality, and it was awesome. And just totally took something that should have been like difficult to parse through and was just kind of like no think about this logically for a second are you the vision or am i the vision let's go let's go through this together and he made it seem so easy for for the other vision to understand that no both of them are the vision and it was just i don't know it was a beautiful like work of logic and craftsmanship and it was just Great. I loved it. I think that was my favorite battle of the episode. 
Interesting. That's fascinating. Um, I thought they handled it really well, and it was very vision-like. Um, and uh, I am really excited to see what they're going to do with the white vision. We've talked about uh, the, this white vision before, and um, it's it's fascinating how they did it. Uh, I think um, the major theory online, the, someone that I just kept on reading and reading and reading, was people thought that uh, both of the visions were going to combine, and they didn't do that, but they did, in essence, awaken White Vision. Uh, White Vision was, um, his vision was cloudy, Operation Cataract. Uh, you know, he did not have all of the memories uh, of Vision. And uh, <laughs> it's just, I'm saying Vision, Vision, Vision. And Wanda's Vision unlocked new Vision's Vi memories, uh, not vision, but new. Um, he unlocked new visions, memories, and I, I really love that moment. You could see his eyes, uh, you know, turn in essence normal-ish uh, instead of that, you know, the glossy sort of crystallized, uh, cloudy eyes. And I thought that was a really neat effect. Um, I was hoping that the his uh, fake crystal, I guess, or whatever, you know, the little thing that he's got on the forehead that's in the shape of uh, the Infinity Stone. I was hoping that that would turn yellow, or that the light would turn yellow, but it didn't. Um, it just sort of uh, rebooted, per se. Um, but, yeah, I, I really enjoyed this moment. I, I thought it was beautifully done and beautifully acted by Paul Bettany. He's playing two characters... Um, he has to fight himself, so the complexities of that is kind of crazy because he's got to shoot everything, you know, with his face forward from one character's POV and then everything from the other character's POV. So that's double the choreography that he has to memorize because, you know, there were lots of close-ups and that sort of thing. So that was probably an incredibly time-consuming fight sequence to film point blank and the period yeah so let's talk about the little two little um things two storylines that were kind of wrapped up uh, at least it seems like it so we got the answer to who ralph is and it was a boner joke <laughs> boner boner <laughs> yes so pietro maximoff pietro fake pietro as we will call him, uh, he was keeping Monica captive in, in the attic, not the attic, yeah, in the attic of um, of uh, Agnes, Agatha's house. We find out that that's uh, his house, actually, and that he's being controlled by Agatha through the, uh, the necklace um, that he was wearing. And, uh, like, there's this whole back and forth with, with Monica and him, where he uses the powers and that sort of thing, but then she ends up taking him down, rips off the necklace, and we realize that he's just, in essence, like, an actor, I guess, that lives in Westview, whose name is Ralph Boner. Yeah, that's it. I, I think it was kind of a gag for anybody out there that thought he was going to end up being more than just a normal person. 
because there were a lot of theories online where everyone was like, oh, the X-Men, this is how they're going to come over, and they're going to cross over, and all of the X-Men stuff with Fox is going to be real in the MCU. And it wasn't. And I don't think any of us here ever really thought that. We always thought that maybe there would be more than meets the eye with Ralph, but we never thought that it was the X-Men were going to come through and that would be the multiverse and that sort of thing. So what did we think of the Ralph reveal? Did we laugh? Were we annoyed? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I read mixed reviews online. So some people got the gag and some people were just like, really? I'll just open it up to the floor. Whoever wants to talk about Ralph Boner. I fucking loved it. I oh god, I'm so happy. <laughs> I I feel like it was explained in the best way possible and I feel like people are mad because it might exit out the X-Men or at least the way it's portrayed in the future in Days of Future Past by because now you can't have that dimension's Pietro with Ralph Bonner. It just it doesn't make sense. But the writers, they can find ways around things. If they want to put X-Men in there, they, they'll find a way to put X-Men's dimension on there. Like, it, it doesn't get rid of your fantasy to have Ralph Boner in this, in this series. It's just a tongue-in-cheek, like, thumb in the eye of the viewer. It's just, it's funny. I, I found it hilarious to find him be a pathetic nerd who was in the attic of Agnes just waiting for signs of what to do next and wearing a beaded necklace to get his powers. I thought I thought it was cool. Yeah, I think people have to realize that the X-Men were literally sort of just given back to MCU, Marvel. So it's going to take some time for them to develop their own X-identity. And the MCU will create its own X-Men that fit in line with the MCU. Now, if we do start exploring the multiverse, there are rumors about Spider-Man maybe exploring the multiverse. There are rumors, well, I don't know, shouldn't even call them rumors. The actual name of the next Doctor Strange movie has multiverse in the damn title. If they want to explore the multiverse and they end up on an, on the Earth where it's whomever, you know, whether it's Hugh Jackman as an X-Men or, you know, Halle Berry or Evan Peters as an X-Person, then they'll do that, and it'll be a fun little cameo. But I think outside of a fun little cameo, I don't think any of those ex-people will be ported over to the MCU. I could be wrong, but I, I feel like the MCU is going to establish its own identity with the X-Men. Professor, what about you? Any thoughts on Ralph? Or any, anything? Yeah, I, I, it's just one of those things, you know, we talk uh, occasionally about, you know, toxic fandom and stuff like that. I, I found, you know, some of the, uh, you know, the responses to the Theatro reveal, you know, it's, it's the people, you know, they have this sense of, oh, here's what I think it means. And then when it's not that, they react, you know, with such anger, you know, that, you know, it's like because you guessed wrong, therefore the show is wrong. No, they, they did their thing, uh, you know, and, and, you know, we made wrong guesses. 
you know, throughout the series, but that doesn't leave us crapping all over the show. Uh, you know, I think it's, uh, I think it's, it's that sense of, you know, fan entitlement as much as anything else that people have a sense that, you know, they've not only got to produce something that, you know, looks really good and is well-written and everything like that, but it has to be exactly the way you want it to be. And I think that's, you know, that, that sort of, you know, a toxic nature of fandom these days. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when people are, are criticizing it for not doing exactly what they would have done. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, did I see him, you know, did I see, uh, you know, Pietro turning out to be, you know, a, a washed up out of work actor who was just living in the neighborhood? No. Did I like it? Yes. I thought it was great. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah, just having him as this, you know, this puka shell wearing Dorcas uh, was great, you know, because, you know, we were saying, oh, he's Mephisto or, oh, he's, you know, uh, setting up the X-Men. Or, no, he was just another person who was pressed into service. And to what extent... You know, the uh, the creators of the show were intentionally toying with the fans. I don't know, because this was the first, uh, you know, uh, Disney Plus show that Marvel has done. I think, you know, going forward, I think they're going to learn some lessons from this in terms of, you know, uh, you know, dangling stuff in front of the uh, uh, in front of the viewers. Uh, and certainly I think they've learned a lot about what their stars are allowed to say to the press uh, during it. Yeah. But, uh, no, I think, uh, overall it was, you know, it was, it was well done and it was, it was a great reveal, you know, expecting him to be someone significant. No, he was just like everyone else in the community, except he was under Agatha's control, not Wanda. So I thought it was great. Yeah. I completely agree with you. I mean, we armchair, uh, theorize here and, uh, you know, it, it's fun, you know, just, you know, noticing stuff and wondering, is this where it's going to go? But uh, for us, at least, you know, we've been doing these podcasts now for, for many, many years. And uh, I've never gotten the vibe from any of my co-hosts, either you two or anyone else, that we all get mad when we're wrong. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's always fun when we get something right. But, like, we never go crazy if, if um, we aren't right about things. Uh, there was this, uh, I can't even remember the title, but uh, on some website, someone wrote sort of like um, a satire article, which basically was like, and I'm completely uh, paraphrasing because I don't remember the exact uh, title of the article, but it was like, I hate the WandaVision finale because all my theories were wrong. And it was just, it was so funny because it was basically like, you know, people on Twitter sort of bitching about the episode because what they thought uh, was going to happen didn't end up happening. And I'm like, good, great people, just watch the show and enjoy it. Now, did the actors sometimes say a little something that maybe did hype things up in a certain kind of way? I, I mean, we'll see what happens moving forward when, you know, other actors from other shows end up doing press. Um, the Paul Bettany thing, he was like that he was going to work with somebody that he's always wanted to work with. I think that was kind of tongue-in-cheek because clearly it was him working with himself. I think the one that some of the fandom is kind of latching onto is that Elizabeth Olsen said that there was going to be like a major appearance. And at the end of the day, I think she was talking about Evan Peters. And um, even TV Line, when they wrote about the finale, they ended up saying something to the gist of that, uh, per their knowledge, Elizabeth Olsen isn't really on social media. And um, for those out there that didn't know this, that don't follow social media, uh, the Evan Peters information was sort of kind of leaked last year. So people were expecting him to show up. Um, so, uh, TV line was basically guesstimating that she didn't know that uh, that had leaked before. And so, uh, since she doesn't have a big social media presence, that that's probably what she was talking about. Um, we'll see what ends up happening. Also, with- mm-hmm. it's not like she volunteered that information. She was asked a question by an interviewer. Do we have a Luke Skywalker level cameo coming up? 
And she, obviously thinking of uh, of Evan Peters, said yes. I mean, that was that was all she did. Yeah. But it led to all this speculation. It's going to be Fastbender. It's going to be McKellen. It's going to be Doctor Doom. It's going to be Reed Richards. It's going to be yada yada. And you know, you guess wrong, people. Except yeah. you know it, and and move on. But yeah, it just uh, you know. I'm just thinking about this because I was listening to uh, to a Kevin Smith podcast in which he was talking about, you know, someone, you know, you know, emailing him and telling him, you know, why he was wrong to like WandaVision and everything like that. And it's like, you know, why waste your time on such stupid toxicity? I if agree. you didn't like it, fine, don't watch it. Ain't that the truth? And I will say, I had read about Evan Peters being on WandaVision, but I was still surprised when he showed up in a good way. I had not read about it, so I, like Elizabeth Olsen, well, I, like Elizabeth Olsen, am also not on social media, so... There you go. So when Elizabeth Olsen and I meet, that's going to be something we can bond over. Huh? Ex- I understand you're also not on social media. Exactly. And then you tell her, you got it, dude. I would not do that. Okay, fine. Moving right along. So another loose end that was sort of wrapped up was the Hayward storyline. So uh, um, we'll focus on Hayward and uh, his comeuppance. So uh, at a certain point... Uh, Wanda ends up lowering the hex to allow the Westview residents to leave. Hayward and his sword people end up, in essence, invading. And uh, there's a whole stick em up situation with Hayward. The kids end up neutralizing the military. But Hayward, proving that he is the most horrible human being on this planet, started to fire at the children because you know as if he wasn't already someone we hated goddamn reason it's like you have to fire at shoot fire at the damn children so monica ends up stepping in we see all of her fantastic powers in full effect we also see um we see oh gosh is it i always forget is tommy or billy is the one that does the magic Tommy, it's... Oh, God. Billy. Billy, okay. Billy ends up stopping one of the bullets, and Hayward, because he doesn't have any more bullets, ends up fleeing. He gets in a car, and Darcy, with her funnel cake um, van, ends up crashing into him. And we see later on that he's sort of being carted off in handcuffs. Yay. I'm assuming we're all happy with this. But Priscilla... Your take on Hayward being taken down. That was the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Like, why did you shoot at the kids? Like, that was going to achieve nothing. Like, you know they're fake. Or or even if you don't know they're fake. How dare you call them fake? Like, even if they're kids. Like, they're kids. What what is shooting them gonna do for you? Like if they die, their super their super powered parents are just gonna come and clobber you to death. Like, what is that going to do? What is that going to accomplish? Nothing. It's just gonna make more of a mess. He just, I don't know. It was just more of a mustache twirling thing. So, I didn't particularly like that as a as a writing thing. I just think it was meant to make him more of a villain in the eyes of the viewers. And I thought it was a cheap ploy, personally. But it was there also to bring out, um, uh, I forgot her Monica. name. Monica. Yeah, Monica's powers. Yeah. 
which was an awesome moment and great visual effect as well. Yeah, that was nice. I have no idea how that worked. I, I know she has powers over the visual light spectrum, but like, how does that work with bullets? Like, I would assume she transformed her body into lights per se, because that's how it was able to penetrate her body and go directly through her without hurting her. Yeah, but then wouldn't it have just like have gone straight through her and like have injured the kids and Yeah, because they they sort of um they fell when they went through her. So that I don't know. We still really well, A, she doesn't know what her powers are. And B, because she doesn't know what her powers are, we don't know what her powers are. So that's something that will have to be explored uh, in um the next thing that we see uh Monica Rambo in. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Professor, what about you? Uh, oh, wait, oh, wait, okay. Priscilla, continue. I'm sorry. Other than that, like, I, I, I liked the ending. I liked Darcy coming in with her one moment of the episode to just be like, have fun in prison. That was Yeah, nice. I liked that moment for her, but I wish we had a little bit more. Um, people on the internet were maybe guessing that maybe there were some COVID precautions or something. Um, because even that moment, it looked almost like it was green screen. Like maybe she wasn't even on set. To me, um, I don't know if maybe it, uh, you know, I, I'm just reading too much into the visual. Uh, Professor, what about you? Your thoughts on how Hayward was taken down and Darcy's little cameo in the episode? Um, well, I did like the fact that we at least got a little bit of Darcy, so she wasn't completely forgotten. But yeah, I do agree that this was a, a COVID quince that, you know, because, you know, they couldn't go back and, and shoot pickups and stuff like that. Uh, they probably just had to. And then, you know, later on, you know, explaining Darcy away by saying that, you know, uh, you know, she didn't want to stick around for the, the debrief as mm-hmm. if you could actually leave that situation, you know. What, does she just walk away? No, that, I mean, that it, it doesn't make a lot of sense. I think it has to be, you know, where they were writing around that uh, the Kat Dennings was, you know, probably off doing something else uh, by the time they got around uh, to fixing that. Uh, as for Hayward, wow, total dick move. Um, you know, once again, white guy, total, total jerk. Um, uh, I, I, yeah, again, there was nothing in his character that would suggest that. I think that, you know, as Priscilla said, the only reason they did it was that Monica could demonstrate that she's got powers. It just otherwise it's it's such a pointless thing to do um, that, uh, you know, it, it, it that. Yeah, that's se- that section in there. I think it was just, you know, so that we could demonstrate that, you know, uh, Monica does have powers and also to show us that uh, uh, young Billy has the ability to stop bullets as well, meaning that, you know, her manifestation of powers is maybe not necessary. Um, as for how she stopped the bullets, uh, it depends on what version of Monica Rambo they go. Photon Spectrum, Captain Marvel. Uh, she's got one other, but she does have the ability to transform her body into different forms of energy. So I think what they'll do here is say that, you know, rather than transform yourself into a light, which as Priscilla points out, the bulls would just have gone through, not even slowed down, um, you know, like a plasma energy or something like that, that sucked the, uh, mm. the kinetic energy out of them. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think it was a, to show us that, okay, she got the powers, but also to give her the hero moment. Right. Yeah. Uh, cause she, you know, had a pretty good moment getting away from, uh, Pietro earlier in the episode, but you know, the fact that she did, you know, leap in front of the kids to save them, you know, that reinforced, you know, her, her willingness to go into the hex to, uh, uh, to, uh, to help out Wanda and, you know, to, to protect the family. So I think it was, it was done less to make Hayward, you know, look like the, the evil jackass he is and more to. Uh, show us Monica as the hero. Would be my guess, anyway. 
Okay. I can dig that. I like that. Because I don't think Hayward is worth devoting the time to just to make him do something as evil as that. Yeah. No, that's true. Even though he was hella evil. Let's be real. Okay, so let's talk about the big fight. Uh, there is a lot to discuss in this big fight, so I'm, I'm just going to have it like open discussion style. I do want to save the climax to the big fight um, as its own separate thing. So uh, let's just talk about anything and everything uh, from the beginning and, and, and the middle of the big fight between the witches, uh, Agatha Harkness, and uh, Wanda Maximoff. And the first thing that I want to sort of just ask everybody about is... Have we noticed the small, subtle Wizard of Oz um, references throughout the series between these two? Because there was the most overt one here in this in this episode with um, you know the the feet under it wasn't a house. The, sh- the shoes under the house. Yeah, not the feet, but yeah, the shoes under the under the car when it was thrown at. Um, Agatha, and then in last week's episode, she said, "Your magic's no good here," which I believe is a Wizard of Oz line. And there was another moment. Um, I didn't notice it just because I haven't seen the Wizard of Oz in a long time. But the internet, when um, when Agnes was in the car in the Halloween episode, dressed as the witch, and she was talking to um, the internet was saying that there were a couple of lines uh, that uh, Agnes told um, Vision that apparently were kind of Wizard of Oz-ish. So uh, is that something that either of you noticed, the the Ozian type of thing? I know it's just sort of like a little wink to the viewers, but I thought it was interesting because the storyline is about these two powerful witches, and so they threw in a couple little nods to the the Land of Oz. Except that the Wizard of Oz wasn't really about two witches facing off. It was about Dorothy fighting the witches. So well, I no, think- true, but you know, because it's witch, there's a witch there, and we're dealing with witches. I, I just thought it was funny that they decided to have these little subtle homages to the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, I don't oh. think the feet under the car was subtle. That was that was that straight was, yeah. And by the way, think about what that means. It means that Agnes got hit by the car and left her boots there as a visual joke. Well, yeah, I believe she'd stop a person that would. All the shade um, she was throwing? Come on. She'd do that. A, a girl... A girl from a color world goes into a black and white world, goes into a color world yeah. afterwards. Like it's, that it's, too. It, it it's 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 very much Wizard of Oz. Yes, I'd have forgot even to mention that, but that's true. Yeah, I was thinking of that when um when I first was sort of reading about the Oz references. Uh, yeah, it's fascinating. All right, so Agatha Harkness throwing a whole bunch of shade to Wanda Maximoff. A big fight in the air. We got a lot of. Uh, exposition about stuff about the scarlet witch about the dark hold we got official confirmation that that book from the basement was the dark hold which means a whole lot of stuff there is a great meme on social media that uh, basically said you know wandavision fans what's that dark hold book and, a- and then it said agents of shield fans and um it, it showed uh, an image from grand theft auto with one of the characters saying ah shit here we go again so, for those of us that watched Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., we know a little bit about the Darkhold. It's, I mean, we'll have to wait and see um, what the MCU decides to do with it. But we got it reintroduced or introduced to the Darkhold. Uh, what do we think of the fight? A lot of it was exposition-y. 
Um, in essence, it was Agatha telling us, the audience, about, well, telling us, but also telling uh, Wanda about herself, about who the Scarlet Witch is. Uh, we also got a bit of Agatha's motivation. So it's we've been on a roller coaster with Agatha. You know, we thought she was maybe going to be the Agatha Harkness from the comics, a mentor to Wanda. Then Agatha all along for a brief moment, we thought maybe was this Agatha all along. Then, you know, going through Wanda's life, we realized it was Wanda all along, but it seemed like Agatha was kind of curious about Wanda's powers. And then in this episode, we really got the full enchilada in regards to Agatha's um, endgame, for lack of a better word. Uh, She wanted to take Wanda's powers because she felt that Wanda wasn't really using her powers properly and she doesn't even really understand them. So give me your powers. I, you know, be in good hands. And uh, yeah, so we saw Agatha as not just a jealous person, but a a power hungry person. Um, Yeah. So what did we think of this, Professor? I think, you know, it it, it was... I don't think it was uh, Catherine Hahn's strongest episode. You know, she's been much better uh, before, but I think that's because of what she had to do in this this episode. From a production point of view, Catherine Hahn spent a huge chunk of this episode hanging from a wire in front of a green screen, screaming, you know, bloody murder. background information. Um, so, you know, it, it's tough. You know, you, you couldn't get the close-ups. You couldn't get the subtlety. I also didn't like the, uh, you know, the Agatha makeup they gave her. Um, uh, it looked uh, really kind of weird. Um, so, yeah, that was a little uh, odd. I did like the fight itself. Um, there were a couple of things that I was totally thrown by. The first was that, you know, um, after Scarlet Witch, uh, you know, the first time that, uh, you know, Agnes was able to steal her power and uh, uh, Elizabeth Olsen's uh, hand went dark. I thought, oh, they're going to cut her hand off because that's a Marvel trope. Uh, they didn't. Oh. Pleasantly. Uh, I was really expecting it, though. Uh, the other thing that threw me was that I was thinking that, you know, uh, Wanda would beat her not by using her magic, but by using her power. So I really thought that when she got in her head and took her back into the past, that was going to be how uh, how she uh, beat Agnes. Yeah. So I was quite surprised when that didn't work out as, let's face it, so was the Scarlet Witch. I know, right? Because that was old school uh, Wanda. Well, and it's, it's kind of, and again, the reason I, I bought into it is, is it's one of those superhero cliches that, you know, uh, you know, when your, your new stuff fails you, you go back to the basics. It's, you know, it's a classic Iron Man trope that, you know, oh, the new armor has failed. I'll just climb back into my old armor and, you know, I'll still save the day or, you know, find some other way to do it, you know, uh, not using that. And it's, 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 a, it's an absolute comic book trope and they totally uh, have me biting into it. Now, that said, I thought it was a great trick on her part. Um, and it did allow, uh, you know, Agatha to, to, you know, in a typical supervillain monologuing way, give her the clue that she needed in order to defeat her, uh, you know, uh, back in the real world. But yeah, so those were two things about the fight that, uh, that totally threw me. Very interesting, yeah. Um, I, I I also thought that, uh, you know, Wanda using her old trick, which we've seen be very successful. I mean, th- that was a part of a whole damn movie, um, Age of Ultron, which, you know, we keep on referencing here on this podcast. But go check it out, because uh, it, Age of Ultron set the seeds for so much of what happened in, uh, you know, the second half of the MCU. But, uh, yeah, like, for a moment there, I, I thought she was going to beat her that way, too. But then uh, we saw how powerful... Agatha was, which was a good thing. I mean, it, it was 
great that we have these two powerful magical beings going at it. Like it, it just would have been horrible if um, they would have just made like immediately um, weakened Agatha. So I'm glad you know they were pretty much matched up until a certain point. Priscilla, what about you? Your thoughts on the the big fights? Uh, we'll be talking about um, a certain little something in a moment. So just focusing specifically on the fight, what did you think? Um, I thought for sure. I agree that I I, I thought that she, her mind meld trick, where she takes you back into like your worst nightmare. I thought that was going to work. So when it didn't work, when that totally, like, went all Marvel zombies on her, that was weird. <laughs> That's funny. And I was like, and, and it, it just goes to show the same, the, the same thing you said, that they're evenly matched, even in terms of the same people that um, should protect her, won't protect her. And rise up against her the same way they rose up against um, Agatha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will say, I know that the professor kind of, uh, you know, uh, gave a little bit of a thumbs down to Catherine Hahn. Uh, I loved all the shade that she kept on throwing. Like, she w- might have been spitting a lot of exposition, and unfortunately she was given the job of having to spit out a lot of exposition for the Scarlet Witch and for us, the viewers, to understand stuff. But uh, the shade that she kept on throwing, like, oh, look, your ex and your current... You know, at the same party, like there was just so much the little oh, lines God. of of I her just it. yeah. It was, I loved that. Yeah. I thought it was so catty. It was like there was a moment where I literally thought she was just just gonna start cackling, like, and I think she actually did at a certain point. But she reminds me of Regina so much from Once Upon a Time, season one, Regina. Huh? Season one, Regina, like when she was like the evil queen. Evil. Yeah. Yeah. Evil Queen Regina. Oh God, we need Lana Parrilla in the MCU now. Now that you're saying that. <laughs> oh, she'd be so much fun. Yeah. Yes. I'm more Hispanic in the MCU, just in general. Well, yeah, that is that's true. Hey, you ain't lying. Okay, so let's talk about the climax of this uh, this fight. So we got a lot of exposition. We got uh, information about the Darkhold and the book and all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, it there we get to a point where it looks like Agatha has won. But then we all have to remember that there was a specific clip included on the previously on that we needed to remember, and it was the runes. And uh, during their big fight up in the air, you know, Wanda was throwing magic at Agatha because, in essence, she was like, take all my magic. But she was also throwing magic against the barrier. And I'll be honest, the first time I watched it, I didn't even notice that. So the runes came as a shock, even though we saw the dam previously on. Um, so the runes, Agatha can't use her magic, uh, Wanda absorbs all the magic back, she gets in her kick-ass, badass, Scarlet Witch outfit, we drop back down to the ground, and, uh, she, Wanda, puts Agatha in a prison, and that prison is... Westview, and she transforms her into the role that she was playing all along, the nosy neighbor, 
And uh, yeah, we see we see Agatha transformed. Although Agatha does tell her, you know, you're gonna need me. I know stuff. And, but Wanda's like, I know where to find you. Now, I know, Professor, you were talking stuff about Catherine Hahn. Can I just say the moment when she got transformed back into Agnes, Catherine Hahn played her in a very different way. Like, you could see that she was, in essence, stuck in a prison, in a mental prison. And um, there, there was just something about her performance. Like, she's putting on the fake smile and the whole sitcom veneer. But there's like a, a sadness and a fear or something behind her eyes that I thought Catherine Hahn played beautifully. That's just my opinion. Oh, oh I, I completely agree. And I want to, you know, stand up against you guys who are saying that I've been saying that, you know, Catherine Hahn <laughs> was not great in this episode. I'm just saying she wasn't as good as in previous episodes because of what she was forced to do. Scream exposition while hanging on wires in front of a green screen. You know, and, and you know, you can't be subtle when you are standing up in the middle of, you know, when you are saying that far away from people shouting exposition at them. Uh, but <laughs> no, I agree that it was a it was a great resolution. I remember watching it the first time and noticing that. Why is she missing? That doesn't make any sense. And in fact, the first time she misses, you know, Agatha sort of looks off as, as if to wonder, well, what, what was that all about? Um, but yeah, and if, as, as you're watching it, you know, the second time it's like, oh, man, this is so clever because, you know, she has learned something. She's realized that even though she is a font of, you know, tremendous power, you know, power without precision is chaos and uh, therefore by learning you know uh, she got the lesson from Agatha uh, got the killer line thanks for the lesson um, and uh, and was able to win my only and again it, this is just a minor thing and part of it is that you know with so much you know MCU stuff the moment where you know Agatha you know thinks that she's got all the power and is going to you know fire back at her that was just like Thanos snapping after the Infinity Gems were taken from him. So are the Infinity Stones. I keep forgetting this MCU. Um, so, you know, there, there is that, that danger that, you know, there, there's so many things, it, you know, in the same way that Agatha taking magic from people. Well, isn't that a lot like Baron Mordu taking magic from people over in Doctor Strange? And, you know, certain tropes, I think, uh, you know, uh, can repeat, but very well done. Uh, I thought that uh, Catherine Hunt did a great job of selling it. And even more so, though, Elizabeth Olsen, as she, you know, you realize that she was just playing possum. She was just setting up the situation and, you know, the powerful is back into her. She doesn't lose one of her hands. And uh, as you, as you mentioned, Wow, what a fantastic-looking costume! You know, not too revealing. Uh, great color palette. And, you know, and again, not. We saw how cheesy it would have looked if you know in the Halloween episode if she actually had a comics accurate version of the Scarlet Witch costume. This is a great-looking costume. Uh, fabulous. I love the fact it's got a little cape. It's got a cow, like a, a hood. Uh, they managed to find a way to take, do the Sokovian fortune teller. Uh, face thing, uh, which is a Scarlet Witch uh, symbol that, that doesn't look cheesy. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's really a very practical, and the color palette, you know, uh, sort of call back, you know, the colors, you know, vaguely similar to, you know, uh, you know uh, what she was wearing before. So it was, you know, just really a, a great look for her. And uh, I love the fact that, you know, rather than banishing Agnes or killing Agnes, she's just locking her way here because you know. You know, if if the Marvel gods, Kevin Feige et al., uh, are uh, are kind to us, she'll be back. You know, she has to come back. Uh, you know, Catherine Hahn is too great a resource, not just a magical resource, not just an informational resource. She is just, she's a Loki-level character. She's got to be like, when they realize what they had with Tom Hiddleston uh, after the first Thor movie, mm -hmm. where they realized, oh, we've got to keep bringing this person back. And I think Catherine Hahn could easily be that for the next phase uh, of the uh, the Marvel. She's, she's someone that they have to bring back 
in some way. Totally. And I'd love to see her interact with all of our Marvel people, if I'm being honest. I mean, clearly the, the storyline has to make sense why she's there. But yeah, I, I'm so glad that they did not kill her off. I'm so glad that she isn't really imprisoned somewhere uh, other than Westview. I mean, it makes the most sense. And clearly the line, you're going to need me, you know, I know stuff, um, is setting up for her return. Probably in Doctor Strange too. I'm going to guess because I'd love to see her with Steven. You know, I, I think that would be fantastic. Oh God, that would be so good. Hell, or her I, with Loki or Loki. Hell, I'd watch a Disney Plus series called Agatha All Along, which where we follow her throughout the centuries. And Dude, she's. Can you imagine how pissed he would be? Like being like, "How the hell did you get the Dark Hold from the library of, uh, from my library?" And she's just gonna be like. Wouldn't you like to know, handsome? Wink, wink. I know, right? Because people sort of put two and two together because uh, I haven't seen Doctor Strange in a moment. But apparently in Doctor Strange, uh, there's a line, a moment in the film where they talk about a book is missing. And some people are like, what if that's the Darkhold that Agatha has? Which I'm like, that's interesting. I wonder if they would use that as as it being that. Uh, that's Yeah, it's fascinating. Um, Priscilla, what about you? Agatha... And and her comeuppance. I like this is another part of the of this of the episode that I loved because, um, although I had to shove aside a little bit of my of of my logic for a little bit because if the runes held, shouldn't she have stopped flying and just? fell to the ground like a brick oh god that is funny though why did she keep... i have a little head cannon here she can't cast a new spell when she's in there oh that's good i like that i hope so because otherwise it, that that just makes no sense but uh, other than that like that was my only like tiff with that um, I liked the um, the scene where she's like, "Okie dokie, artichokey," and she's just blank faced. You could, and I completely agree with you. She she acts in a different way. She's not in control of her actions anymore. Someone else is in control of her. She, now she's the 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 puppet. Mm-hmm. But um, I just wanted to also say that. Um, I hope that they don't that they don't just let her go and leave her to just be a TV thing because she's so good. So many people have been like, "What if, what what will we do if we see her with Loki? What will we do if we see her with with um the Sorcerer Supreme? What do we do?" If she gets the dark hold again, what do we do if she's a good guy? If we can convince her to be good, what are what are the source of her powers? Why is she why does she so power hungry? Does she need to necessarily suck up the powers of other witches? And it all these are questions that could be answered if we just get more of her. And I, for one, am very interested to find out more about her. So. As a Marvel fan and as just a fan of TV in general, give me more Catherine Hahn. 100%. Uh, Marvel, sign her up for a multiple movie or multiple production 
deal. So that includes the series and that sort of thing. Yeah. I did see an interview mm-hmm. uh, today in which Catherine Hahn said she's up for anything uh, going forward with uh, with Marvel. She had a great time doing it, loves the character, and uh, would love to continue doing it. So pay attention, Marvel. I love it. I love it. Her kids actually love uh, that that she was a part of it. Um, I, I read, uh, not read, but I heard an interview with her. Where she was talking about her kids never really been being like interested in her uh the stuff that she's in, and, and they can't see some of the stuff that she's in because they're like uh, really raunchy R-rated comedies. But she said that the family would sit together Friday nights and they would watch, uh, you know, WandaVision, and the kids actually were pretty impressed with uh, mom being a part of the MCU. So, uh, yeah, let's hope for more stuff with Agatha Harkness. So right now we're going to rewind a little bit because there's a moment that I really want to talk about, and it kind of um, goes with um, a moment at the end that uh, we're going to talk about right now as well. So in the middle of this big fight between Agatha and Wanda, we have a moment where the town people surround Wanda. And these are our day players, people we've seen from the start of WandaVision. They surround her, and Agatha starts to awaken them. And their real personalities start coming out. We have Dottie, whose real name is Sarah, begging Wanda to, you know, have her daughter daughter wake up. Everyone is, you know, um, surrounding her, and and Wanda is trying to justify what she's done. Like you guys are okay, you know, you guys are happy, and and uh, you know the truth bombs from these people around uh, her that where they're talking about being held captive, you know, feeling her nightmares, and all this kind of stuff is is just um, you know so overwhelming for Wanda that she ends up. Um, losing control of her magic. She ends up choking them all out, and then she realizes that she's choking them, and then she, she uh, you know, removes the choking and that sort of thing. Uh, and that's when she opens up uh, Westview to allow them to leave so that, um, you know, she, she can, um, so they can be safe, in essence. Um, when she ends up having to close the barrier again because she realizes that she's losing her family as well. But um, the the question that I want to ask, because I want to talk about that moment, because it was a chance to see our day players again for one last time, for the most part, at least for one last time where they affect the plot. Then at the end, after um, everything that everything sort of gets cleaned up, um, we have a moment where a question is asked, uh, or at least a comment is made. Um, we have uh, um, Monica talking to Wanda and, and Monica saying something to the gist of, you know, they're never going to know what you gave up. I know we haven't talked about that yet. We're going to talk about that separately. But and Wanda's like, you know, they're never going to forgive me. The reason that I'm bringing this point up right now is because I wanted to talk about that moment with, um, with our day players. But also, this is a conversation that we've had throughout this entire podcast about Wanda being the villain and this sort of thing. So, uh, what did we think of that moment with everyone that we've gotten to know from Westview? And uh, do we see Wanda as the villain? Yes, goddammit. Okay. How many times do I have to say? <laughs> I've been saying this since episode three. Wanda is the big bad. And that's why this scene was so important. Because Wanda had to realize what she'd done. She had to hear it from their mouths to realize, oh, I thought I was doing this, you know, giving everyone a better life. No, you were behaving like a, you know, maniacal supervillain. 
um, you know, I think it was really, really important because she had to come to grips with that. She hadn't up until that point. You know, she'd been told, uh, you know, uh, by various people that, you know, she was manipulating them. But she whether she was doing it unconsciously uh, or whether she was, you know, controlling them but didn't realize what they were going through. But to have them say that, you know, we're experiencing your nightmares. My daughter has been locked in her room for months or for weeks or whatever it was. Um, you know, a, a, the way they shot it, which was, you know, when the people are waking up, they're coming towards her, you know, waking out of a dream. They're like zombies. Uh, which I found very creepy. Uh, but no, I think it was it was super important uh, to have that. And I think, you know, and also to have, uh, you know, Elizabeth Olsen at the end, you know, acknowledge that, you know, they'll never forgive me. Uh, and I don't think they should. Uh, you know, she did something totally unacceptable to them. Uh, this was, you know, an insane, you know, if a villain had done this to, to, you know, a bunch of people, we'd be locking them up in the raft or sending them off to a mystical dimension or whatever. Uh, the fact that she gets to walk away is, uh, you know, at, at least there is the consequence that she has to realize what she's done and deal with it. But uh, I think I'm glad they didn't, you know, wipe their minds or, or make it all better uh, in the same way that I said, you know, vision had to die. There had to be consequences. Uh, to her actions. You know, Wanda couldn't have the happy ending uh, because of what she did. Well, technically, she didn't walk away from the problem. She flew away. She flew. Yes. yes. She started by walking and then flew. Okay, that is true. Yeah, I'll give you that. Um, I, I do agree with you. I mean, this was a situation, in essence, it's, it's another Sokovia. It's another Lagos. It's a situation where Wanda you know, made bad choices, or maybe not bad choices, because I don't want to say all of them were bad choices. You know, sometimes, I mean, she just couldn't help herself. I mean, I don't know if really Sokovia was fully her fault. Um, Lagos, they were trying to get somebody, and there was just a lot of collateral damage, and unfortunately, it was because of her magic. So maybe this was really the first time where this was really her fault, whether it was conscious or unconscious. Uh, I mean, based off of what we saw at the sort of... um, the um the iteration of uh the spell i mean it didn't really look like she did it on purpose but she but it was done by her and uh at at a certain point she realized what she did even though she kept on saying like i don't remember i don't remember at a certain point she did remember and she could have stopped everything but she didn't she tried to hold on to uh this idyllic world that she created for as long as she could and uh, unfortunately for her, I mean, it had to end in this episode. Priscilla, your take on uh, the confrontation between our day players and uh, the s- superstar, as uh, as uh, Agnes called her in the previous episode. Man, that was powerful to 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 get Dottie to basically be like, it doesn't matter if you put her in my daughter in a bully storyline. I just want to see her. And I'm like, damn, you'd put your daughter through that with super-powered, like, kids just because you want to see her, just because you want to know that your daughter's okay and that, that like, you don't, you don't want to have her, like, sequestered off anymore. That's, that's powerful stuff if you, have to, if you think about the details a little bit more. And you think more about all of these people being like, we feel your pain, we feel your nightmares, and you're just like, God, what she's inflicting on them, she's torturing these people, and she doesn't know, and finally, like, it's being confronted to her face-to-face. Mm-hmm. The only person we were missing there was Mr. Hart. 
That was the only one that I noticed uh, as far as characters we were introduced to. And also, I think the doc... Have we seen him since the first episode? We saw him... I don't think... Was he there in the the For the Children illusion glamour? I don't think he was there. I don't think he's been there since episode one. He was in the opening credits in the animation for episode two, and I think he was in episode... No, he wasn't, because no, we haven't seen him... In a in a color episode, you're right. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he was at the benefit either. The for the he children. I think Mrs. Hart was. And just went off to. He, he jumped on his piece of strawberry and went off to Marvel Land. I know, right? Yeah, he. Mrs. Hart was sitting by herself. Now that I remember, at the, the benefit, the for the children thing. All right. Yeah, maybe he was just. Yeah, he was just for the first. Um, and the doctor wasn't there, I don't think, um, from um, the, uh, the the birth episode. Um, yeah. Okay. All right, so moving right along. Wait, can yes. I mention one more thing? Sure, absolutely. I was talking to a couple of people online, and I they mentioned something that I thought was a little bit interesting. I don't agree with it personally, but... They just mentioned something that I thought was a little bit like, ha, that's an interesting opinion to have. And it was that it wasn't a good look on Marvel. It was lazy on the writer's part to put a black woman saying, like, basically saying, yes, it's all right that you enslaved a bunch of people. I would do the same thing, too. Oh, I think that's putting a whole lot of words in Monica's mouth on what she said. Um, if there was something that bugged me, I I didn't like that Monica was sort of um, brushing off what Wanda did. I didn't like that um, that that a character had to say that to her because at the end of the day, even though she's a hero, and I I I get what Monica's saying and I get where she's coming from because she has dealt with power people in the past. I know that uh, Hayward sort of was saying that in the pejorative a couple episodes ago, but she gets power people and and that sort of thing. So I I think that's where she was coming from. And also because they have the shared uh, bond over grief. And and that was the thing that uh, Monica in essence, thought she could use to get through to Wanda. But I, I will say that I didn't like that moment for Monica. And, and I, well, not even for Monica. I didn't like that moment sort of period. Um, I, I think Wanda really needed to own what she did. Because as the professor said, and I think we all agree, you know, she held a town hostage for maybe it was just a week but that was seven days, at least, of this town, in in a sense, being her, what did uh, Agnes call them, meat puppets? Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's it's not a good thing. And I understand what she had to give up uh, to make things right, but she still did that. And whether, and, and well, it wasn't done on purpose, but at a certain point, she kind of realized what she was doing, and she kept on doing it. So, you know, uh, Monica, when Monica said that, it was almost like, you know, oh, you know, they really should try to understand what she did. When I think they kind of understand what they what she did, and they were pretty much not 
cool with it. Because it wasn't cool. Yeah, I, I feel like she could have gotten away with a, a response like that. It Had it ended in the 50s, had it ended in the 60s. But it ended like... But she she confronted what she what she was what she was doing in the seventies and she still kept on going with this. Yeah. So yeah, she 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 did, the townspeople deserved more than yeah. what she gave them. I totally agree. Like I, she tried to explain away everything. You know, I gave them. Well, I mean, she didn't say this, but um, Fiatro said it. You know, you gave them better jobs. You know, you kept them together you kept their personalities the same but you could explain away as much as you want at the end of the day she is mind controlling people and that's no bueno um like i am enjoying elizabeth olsen i have enjoyed her from the beginning i enjoyed her all throughout uh uh wandavision i enjoy the character but she did bad stuff and um i do agree with the professor it is kind of strange that she just got to walk away um, from it all. Um, and uh, I guess, you know, ramifications and that sort of thing is, is something that maybe will be dealt with or maybe discussed, uh, you know, in the future, in some other property. It wasn't in this one. Um, yeah. Professor, what are your well, you thoughts say, on Well, you say, you know, she got to just fly away. Who's going to stop her? <laughs> well, there she's, is that. She's a Hulk-level threat. She's basically, you know, jumping away at the end of the episode and no one's going to stop her. You know, it, Jimmy's not going to slap the cuffs on her. Um, so I think it's it's one of the, and I think, you know, and this, you know, might be setting up something that, you know, uh, is, is, you know, often a trope, you know, the, the, uh, the nervousness that people feel being around these superpowered beings. Um, you know, the, uh, you know, I, you know, all the people, and, you know, I think if Marvel's smart, they'll play off this going forward. You know, there's, there's talk about a secret invasion storyline coming up or something like that. Yes. No, that's 100% be, coming up. I think there have to be long-term consequences to this. Um, you know, one of the heroes in air quotes did something really terrible to all of these people who are going to be talking about it on social media and sharing it with the world. And, uh, she should be held accountable for this, you know, that, that uh, you know, she has, you know, really, you know, been seen by many people to do this. And, and everyone knows she did it. And, you know, you can argue about her motivations or anything like that. That doesn't excuse her actions, certainly not in the minds of the people who were in the. So mm-hmm. uh, I think that's something that could uh, that could be, you know, uh, an issue going forward. You know, the you know, public attitudes towards heroes, you know, uh, might change as a result of this. That would be interesting. Yeah, that's it something. Just, it just mm-hmm. made me a little bit disappointed in the ending, though. That that part of it, just because it made me think that she, ne- she after everything we went through this entire WandaVision series, she didn't learn a single thing. Because she went right back to, like, opening a bad book, doing bad things in God knows what cabin in the woods somewhere, just just to achieve selfish means. Oh, I I disagree entirely. She had complete character development over the course of the series because she went from she went through the five stages of grief. She went from denial at the beginning where she was recreating that fake world to acceptance at the end. She realizes what she's lost 
uh, she's been changed by that. And she also realizes what she's done as a result of that and has to, you know, realize, you know, uh, what she did. So I think she had tremendous character growth uh, yeah. over the course of the uh, the episodes. I agree with the professor. Um, we'll talk about the ending because I have my own interpretation of it, which is completely different than yours, Priscilla. Which And, and I'm going to be interested in hearing the professors as well. But in a moment, before we get into that, uh, let's talk about the end of the actual WandaVision storyline. So, all right, we got Okie Dokie Artichoke, we got Wanda looking badass in her Scarlet Witch attire, and uh, after, you know, just a brief comment from Vision, Wanda needs knows exactly what needs to be done, and uh, she starts to lower the barrier. But we have one final moment with our family unit. So they go home, they put the kids to bed, um, it, it is incredibly just so such family cheese, but in the best way possible. It's just so cute and adorable. Um, you know, they congratulate the kid on, you know, their first, um, big, uh, uh, showdown in essence with villains and that sort of thing. And Wanda even thanks them for choosing her to be their mom. And then we get one of the best moments of the hour, I would say, with just Wanda and Vision together talking and Vision asking what he is. And we get a, an incredible explanation from Wanda as to what he is. Apparently, it's just it's a piece of the Mind Stone that lives in her. And it's all of her love and her hopes and that sort of stuff, you know, made real. And as the hex, you know, approaches, we have that fantastic line of, um, you know, well, I was, uh, what was it a voice without a body, um, a body without uh, whatever, you know, whatever he said. But at the end of it, he was like, you know, maybe we'll see each other again, or you know, it, st- it stands to the, the, you know, it's, it's um, I can't remember the line. I'm so butchering it. But basically, at the end of it, the whole thing was like, you know, maybe we'll see, we'll see each other again. You know, who knows what. Uh, iteration you'll you'll see me again is basically uh what he was saying the hex washes away from uh, you know it comes back to i guess where the inception was and um we get a beautiful vfx of like the different houses that we we saw and and then vision sort of just disappears he pixelates out what a powerful moment, you know. Uh, well, Priscilla was kind of harping in in a bad way on the damn Scarlet Witch. I see, I see what you're what you're saying about our girl on social media, Priscilla. So I'll I'll let the professor talk about this first. What'd you think of of this end of, in essence, Wanda Vision, Wanda's vision? You know, her saying goodbye to the kids and uh, to the vision that she created. The uh, the saying goodbye to the kids was you know incredibly powerful, uh, you know uh, you know sort of the parents know what's going to happen but the kids don't so the parents are keeping up a brave face you know not unlike you know uh, Wanda's parents uh, you know back in Sokovia you know uh, even though there's you know the the gunfire and stuff outside the window they're keeping up the uh, the illusion for the kids and I think that's a, a very true sort of thing that you know even when you know something. Bad is coming. You keep up a brave face for the kids uh, in order to keep their spirits up. I was a little bothered by Wanda's line, unless it means more, uh, you know, thank, you know, thank you, 
boys for choosing me as your mother. I was just waiting for Tommy to go, Mom, that's not how it works. We had literally no say in this. Um, but, uh, yeah. Um, and, and then, you know, going away so we didn't have to, you know, watch the kids vanish away. It was hard enough uh, watching that with Vision. But, yeah, another lovely touching scene uh, between uh, Vision and uh, Wanda. Uh, and then, uh, as you mentioned, the, you know, I think I said after episode five that the series would end with, you know, a uh, a, a tearful Wanda sobbing in a, a burnt out husk of the house. Um, I wasn't quite right. It was not a burnt out husk. It was a house that had never been built. But aside from that, I kind of nailed that one. Um, yeah, very powerful. And, and you know, it, it was nice that, you know, you know, uh, with so much spectacle in this episode to end on the quiet moment, um, you know, uh, because really for all the, the spectacle and the magic and who is Mephisto and does this mean the X-Men and where's Reed Richards and all that. What sold this series for me was Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany. You know, their moments together uh, were absolutely gorgeous. I mean, those two characters are, are so good together. Uh, the two actors are so good together and the two characters work so well together, um, you know, to, to give them that final moment. Uh, and, and the, you know, the, the, you know, not tragic, you know, not uh, crying about it, but realizing the hate, you know, they're, they've, they've had this, this special moment, uh, you know, it's a chance to, to process, uh, what they've gone through and, uh, you know, holding out the hope of, you know, something in the future. Uh, I thought it was, you know, a, a very strong ending. It wasn't, you know, classic happy ending because Wanda did have to give up, you know, essentially, you know, her ill-gotten gains. Uh, but, you know, I think they, they managed to put the, the best face possible on it. Um, and, you know, giving her the chance to, you know, uh, to say her goodbyes to Vision and her goodbyes to the boys uh, and giving Vision that same opportunity. Uh, I thought was, you know, a very, very strong and, and really touching way to end it. Very nice. Very well said. Priscilla, what about you? What are your thoughts on Wanda's Vision disappearing? Man, this part of the episode made me cry. Aww. I was like, this is beautiful. Oh my God, she's saying goodbye to her kids, and this is the only way she can really say goodbye to them because they're innocent little souls who, like, you you can't say you're about to disappear right about now. But like, it's kind of like the Titanic when the old people like went to sleep oh, before yeah. they drowned to death and stuff like that. Like, it's it's that sort of thing with the kids, and it's so sad and with vision too with him basically saying his goodbyes with the with an i'll see you again in another version of me but i'll see you again like that was just it it left me with such hope in my heart and like the two actors just have such great chemistry like they they have such love in their heart for one another like you can see it every like little like face caress that they do to one another and it just it looks so good Ah, like it it broke my heart to see them say goodbye to one another like that. So that's why I cried. I thought it was just beautiful. Oh, it was beautiful. It was very well done. I'm glad we didn't get to see the the kids die. I mean, we basically saw them die earlier in the episode, and that was a lot. In essence, Vision died twice in this episode. Poor Vision. Vision keeps dying, y'all. We need to do something about that. Poor Vision. Okay, so was there anything that I missed as far as the main story? Because I, I want to start, start jumping into the bonus scenes. Uh, was there anything that I missed that anyone 
wants to bring up even a teeny tiny little moment or little line that you all liked? Flourish. Yes. I was uh, so hoping that you know there would be some reference to the fact that you know this this was his magical skills again, and the fact that he used that flourish, the same line that uh, Vision had used, ah, uh, perfect. And also, you know, just you know, let's give uh, Randall Park uh, some love in this episode. Didn't have a lot to do, uh, but we got to see you know the resourceful Jimmy Woo. We got to see him you know uh, trick uh, Hayward into monologuing his evil plan, uh, get free, call in the uh, the reserves, uh, and you know ultimately you know save the day and take control at the end. It was it was great for him. That is true. That is true. Yeah. Flourish. Fantastic. Uh, okay. So before I get into the final two scenes, I do have a question. Because it's something that I was wondering as I was watching this. And I already have the answer in my head. But I was wondering if we all sort of have the same answer. Um, okay. So WandaVision, from what uh, like Kevin Feige and others have said, they're making these Disney Plus shows, but they've said in essence it's not must uh, must watch type of thing. You know, they they were I think Kevin Feige was the one that said something to the gist of you know we don't want people to feel like you have to watch everything to fully understand everything. You know, if if you watch WandaVision, you know that's good because it does sort of lead into the films. But if you're just watching the films, you don't necessarily have to have seen. WandaVision. So my question, now that we've seen it all, would you all agree with that? Do you feel that WandaVision is a good standalone production? And uh, I will say that I read this fascinating article on TV Line where someone was like, the, the person that wrote the article was like, you know, I'm not a fan of the MCU. I've only seen maybe one or two movies, but I'm in love with WandaVision. So there are people out there that have been able to just watch WandaVision as a standalone thing. Would we agree that WandaVision works as a standalone production? And, uh, or do we also agree that, um, that WandaVision is a nice, almost like, um, you know, additional reading type of production as well for those of us that do enjoy the MCU? I think it could be a way in for uh, for someone who's not a big viewer. Uh, again, you know, I mentioned uh, listening to Kevin Smith and something that he's been talking about, you know, or the run of WandaVision is that, you know, his wife, who has no interest in superhero films or anything like that, he can't get her to watch them, uh, you know, is absolutely hooked on WandaVision and, you know, you know, watches it with him as soon as it comes out. And it's gotten her to start watching the the MCU movies because, you know, uh, you know, because then he could say, well, and here's where this character and there's where this began and everything like that. Um, so, yeah, I think it is fairly self-contained i think you know they did a pretty good job of, of filling in the backstory and, and you know uh, uh in, in the previously and and the recaps and stuff like that um for me it, it works better as as supplementary and i think you know uh i think you you could regard it as as semi-essential just because you know if you are you know watching the mcu in the future and a white vision shows up well where'd that come from uh or you see the scarlet witch suddenly doing chaos magic i do think it's I think it's 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 essential. Now that said, you know, no movie is essential. You know, you didn't have to watch Ant Man and the Wasp in order to appreciate uh, uh, Infinity War and Endgame. But I think they're they're all parts of a larger whole. So I think you know you do want to to see them all. I think you know if mm-hmm. regardless of whether you're a completist or you just want to you know know where those characters and, and storylines came from. I I do think you know I, I would disagree with Kevin Feige. I think it I think you do have to watch this one. I think it is going to be important. Now that said, something like Loki on the other hand. 
probably won't be because Loki is is apparently off, you know, in different times and and you know uh, other things like that. But this one, I feel was important, you know, not just because it's it's clearly setting up Doctor Strange uh, and the Multiverse of Madness, but because, you know, it did make some pretty significant changes uh, to a number of characters, as well as introducing, you know, a superhero that we're going to uh, to see again. So I think it's more essential than he's he's letting on. Yeah, I do agree with you on that. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Um, I, I think maybe some of the Disney Plus series won't be essential. Um, I, like Loki, I think is probably the best example. I feel like Falcon and the Winter Soldier will also be essential viewing, especially if um, you know you want to follow along with uh, both of those characters as storylines. And uh, I'm sure the the characters will have immense growth. At least we hope by the end of that series is run, and then maybe there might be some changes there. So I think some series will probably be essential, and and others. Maybe not not as much. Priscilla, what about you? Your thoughts on just uh, WandaVision being uh, accepted as a standalone type of thing, or do you think it will be required viewing for people? Um, I don't think it needs to be required viewing for people. I, I've talked to a lot of people who like old-timey um, TV shows like Dick Van Dyke and stuff like that, and they saw something on Disney Plus that looked associated with that with WandaVision at the very beginning and got hooked on the series based solely on that and liked the series but aren't necessarily interested in going into the backlog of Marvel and just when asked how did you understand a little bit more they just went okay well I just looked into Marvel Legends or I just Wikipedia'd it and I think it's fine like as is like I don't think you necessarily need to do a backlog and watch everything to understand everything in WandaVision mm-hmm. necessarily. Yeah. And I think I think for future movies like Doctor Strange and stuff like that like or a a, a movie where Blank Vision is going to come out I think they're going to explain a little bit of it but they're not going to go into full detail in the movie and i think it'll be fine as is mhm yeah i think what we will probably be getting in future productions is sort of like the flashbacks that we got on WandaVision. I mean, we got the majority of them in the previous Leons, but I see in a film, you know, as a character is explaining something, we'll see flashes of clips from WandaVision, um, maybe explaining something, whether it's Scarlet Witch and her powers, maybe who Agatha is, uh, potentially White Vision, wherever he ends up showing up. I could see them showing clips and stuff like that, just really quick flashes. Um, and, And that's how they explain things. We do also have to remember WandaVision is legitimately like the biggest show that's out right now. I read uh, an article that basically said um, that it's like second to the Mandalorian as far as popularity online, streams, views, and all that kind of stuff. It crashed Disney Plus's site twice. Um, it was the series finale, and then episode seven, I believe, were the two episodes that crashed Disney+. Plus. 
basically at the launch time for the new episode. Um, it mostly affected West Coast viewers. So, um, yeah, there was a lot of bitching on Twitter about Disney Plus not working and people wanting to watch WandaVision. So, there was that. WandaVision was a big damn deal and a huge success for Disney Plus. Um, it was continuously trending. Like, from when the episode hit to multiple days afterwards. You know, just random hashtags, uh, you know, Wanda, uh, Scarlet Witch, Agatha, Agatha all along. It will just r- randomly show up in the top ten of, like, trending stuff. It's crazy how insanely popular this series became. So, let's talk about the future. Let's talk about that first, uh, uh, well, it was in an end credit scene. It's a mid credit scene now. Uh, the first scene that we see is Monica Rambo. We get a little Jimmy Woo action. Monica gets called away because it's debrief time and somebody wants to speak to you in the theater. This uh, agent ends up turning into a scroll. And she's like, you know, a friend of your mom wants to speak with you. She points up, you know, that, you know, where, and she points up. And uh, we get a little smirk from uh, Monica. Clearly, this is setting up Captain Marvel 2 and maybe even the Secret Invasion series, potentially. Uh, Just thoughts. I know there really isn't much to say of it because it's just a a mid-credit scene, but... You know, are we excited that we got a little taste of maybe what we're going to see in Captain Marvel 2? Question mark? Heck yes. I totally am like, is that Steve, is, is that, um, is that Samuel Jackson's call to arms here with, with the little, with, with the little alien going in, going down to visit Monica? Was that the little alien that was playing with her when she was a little girl? Yes, we were like, is that Talos's daughter? And I'm like, oh my god, that would be, uh, that would be really nice. Like, th- there was no uh, famili- familiarity between them. Um, but maybe also Monica maybe was like, oh, is that you? You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, why would she assume? Um, but yeah, some people online were like, is that her? You can't be all aliens look alike. I know, right? <laughs> That species is. I know, right? Yeah. Professor, what about <laughs> you? Anything to add? Were you excited by the mid-credits moment? I, I liked it. I liked the fact that we did get, you know, a little uh, scroll tease, uh, because I had been hoping for that uh, all along, given her past. Um, I don't know whether it's, uh, you know, Nick Fury is the person who wanted to talk to her, or whether it's Talos himself, uh, who could be. Uh, because remember, Nick just blipped back three weeks ago, or, or maybe a month maximum, uh, you know, that's probably not enough time for him to True. go into space and, and yes. set all this stuff up. So well, oh, just from yes, a, a timing yes. point of view, it seems unlikely. Very true. No, I'm thinking of the timeline in a weird way, because Spider-Man Far From Home was a couple months after everything. So, um, yes, so that was probably Talos. You're 100% right. Yeah, because this was just a couple weeks. I hope weeks. so. Just, I, again, Ben Mendelsohn is another one of those... Uh, uh, those characters that uh, I just love. He's he's so great. And yes. uh, yeah, so you know, if we might get him in Captain Marvel 2, that would be great as well. Yes, but I 100% agree. Based off the timeline, it was probably Talos that uh, called her up. And then the final scene that we got in the episode, which was our first ever on WandaVision post 
credits scene. We see, as Priscilla described, it's Wanda in a cabin, far off, with beautiful snowy mountains in the background. And we see her in, uh, basically, sweats, making tea. And we see her astral projected self uh, studying the Darkhold in a very familiar way for anyone out there that's ever seen Doctor Strange. The interesting thing, though, is that Stephen Strange, uh, the way that he could astral project to study was he had to do it while he was asleep. Uh, Wanda can do it while she's wide awake. Because remember, as Agatha said, she's more powerful than the Sorcerer Supreme. And while she's studying and all that kind of stuff, she hears her kids, uh, Billy and Tommy, screaming for help. So clearly, this is a setup to Doctor Strange 2. We're going to go into the multiverse of madness. Madness in the multiverse, whatever. Uh, yeah, what did we think of it? Uh, are we excited? And I will add this on as a supplemental question. You know, we all thought, you know, there has to be a cameo from Doctor Strange. And there wasn't. Were, were we disappointed that there wasn't an actual cameo from Doctor Strange? Were we fine with it? Um, were, we, were we fine with him not showing up? Uh, yeah, let's talk about the, the very final scene of Wanda Vision. Professor? Well, as I said previously, I'm not disappointed from the fan service of I don't think we needed Cumberbatch in there. I think it would have been, you know, if you're looking for, you know, a, a, a cameo, he was a logical person to be there. And as I've said before, the fact that he didn't show up for this entire time means he's a happy Sorcerer Supreme. Uh, I realize he also just flipped back and dealt with uh, Thanos. And in comic books, they just, hey, true believers, don't worry. Doc Strange is just off battling Dormammu in the dark dimensions. He'll be back. Um, so that, that, that will probably be a, an explanation that will have to come in. You know, within a couple of lines, I heard what happened in Westview. Sorry, I couldn't be there. I was off again fighting Dormammu in the uh, dimensions or whatever. Um, so, yeah, I, I do think that, you know, they should have. And, and again, maybe, you know, if, if it wasn't COVID times, they, they could have done something like that. Um, I did like that. Yes, I caught the subtle uh, hint to uh, to Doctor Strange that, you know, she's doing the same trick, but she's a little more powerful. It's a little mm -hmm. disturbing that the only book she's reading is the evil one. Uh, that yeah. can't be good. Uh, and as long as we're talking about the future, uh, my guess, I mean, it's, it, I think it's against one of those obvious ones is that, you know, uh, that's not really, uh, Tommy and Billy, or if it is, it's, uh, it's nightmare, uh, using them to, to reach out and manipulate her. Oh, all right. We got a bold prediction about the future already. I like it. Um, I do think, uh, Dr. Strange was probably a COVID consequence. Um, the fact that we didn't see him. I think if this were if this if this was filmed in normal times, we would have had a Cumberbatch cameo. Uh, was it needed? No. And a lot of people online were also once again, you know, the gimme gimme people were very pissed off that we didn't see Doctor Strange. I think out of all the characters, he would have made the most sense. And even if it was just him showing up when the hex is like lifted and and him having a talk. With Wanda, maybe if it was Doctor Strange sort of saying that to Wanda as opposed to Monica, it would have made more sense because Doctor Strange wouldn't have been there. You know what I'm saying? And, and it would have been Doctor Strange trying to give Monica a pep talk, but then Monica, not Monica, uh, Doctor Strange trying to give Wanda a pep talk, and then but Wanda accepting what she had done, maybe that would have made a little bit more sense with that scene that Monica had to do instead. Um, but yeah, like I think Stephen, it, 
it would have been important for him to been being there just because what did you say uh, professor in the previous episode that you know how did dr strange the sorcerer supreme not feel something weird an immense amount of power coming from westview when clearly agatha did um so hopefully they do explain it away um in dr strange 2 um, now, having said that, if if the idea is that you know you bring in Doctor Strange to have that little speech that uh, that Monica had, it would have been gone very differently with Doctor Strange because Doctor Strange would have been by the Crimson Bands of Tidrak, I bind you because you're a powerful and dangerous person that can't be allowed to leave, and then we would have had another magical fight breaking out. So I can kind of understand from a story okay. point of view because we're sort of assuming that Doctor Strange would come in and you know oh everything's fine. No, Doctor Strange would have stepped in, and gone, what the fuck, dude? Uh, you can't true. be allowed to yeah. wander around with all this power. That is true. Uh, yeah, they don't. I, I think in my mind because they were in the Avengers movies together. Like as I'm, I'm thinking that they have a better relationship. But now that I'm thinking about it, they don't really know each other. So no, um, they really don't like. They they would have yeah. met for the first time at Tony's funeral. So that is true. No, so you're right. Okay, so uh, I read an interesting uh, opinion online where uh, someone basically was like, it's probably best that. Steven didn't show up just because, you know, these Disney Plus series should be able to live on their own merits as opposed to just, you know, milking a uh, big cameo like that. And I was like, you know what, I think you you sold it for me. Like, I, I understand that. And uh, at the end of the day, it is Wanda and Vision. It's WandaVision. So uh, it, it made sense that Steven wasn't there. Priscilla, I know you gave a little bit of your opinion. Do you have anything to add as far as, um, as, far as uh, uh, what the Scarlet Witch is doing at the end? And uh, since the professor gave a little tease of what he thinks is going to happen, uh, do you have any theories? Um, I just wanted to add a little bit of info to it that they use Doctor Strange's um, music in yes. the background of episode of, of this clip and i really liked that they did it's 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 kind of sort of putting his like feel into the into the series without mm-hmm. actually having him there so that was nice and i feel like they're going to have nightmare or somebody else be like the next maybe mephisto the next finally. series and and that in that he's holding the kids hostage their souls hostage and the the only way to get them back is to go through the multiverse of madness to be able to like reach out and like grab the kids it's an interesting theory i mean there is a comic book uh like precedent when it comes to something like that i I believe there is a a storyline where she she has to do something to get the kids back after the kids uh, disappear or something like that. Um, we don't have to go into it fully, Professor, but that that is a, a storyline, right, in the comics? Yeah, the, the storyline gets confusing because the twins were technically never real. They were manifestations of Mephisto, who brought them back, being to a very creepy scene in which they became his arms, which I think was, oh, yes, you know, I've seen uh, that you know, maybe they were doing that scene where Agnes was up there, you know, with the uh, the purple tethers around their necks. That could have been a little callback to, uh, to that uh, famous uh, uh, panel. Uh, but yeah, my get you know, and again, I would probably say it was Mephisto if we didn't know that Nightmare was going to be the big bad for uh, Doctor Strange: The Multiverse of Madness. So, um, but yeah, I think they're they're probably gonna you know copy a little bit of that. And you know, now that she has all this power, she becomes a resource to potentially be exploited by 
you know, entities like Nightmare. And, you know, so that might lead to the situation, whether she, you know, uh, goes off to Doctor Strange asking for help or Doctor Strange, you know, comes in because, you know, there's the danger that she'll be manipulated, you know, because of her uh, her feeling, you know, her trying to rescue the kids. Uh, but I think it, it does give him a, a logical in. Uh, uh, to uh, to involve them, and uh, I look forward to that. I mean, we didn't get uh, Elizabeth Olsen Elizabeth Olsen interacting with uh, Benedict Cumberbatch in this uh, series, but you know, we can look forward to it in Multiverse of Madness, and and I think that's that's going to be great. You know, two really good actors playing off each other. Oh yes, one hundred percent. Yeah. Okay, so uh, we didn't really talk about it, but just the Darkhold. I know Priscilla was like, oh, she's reading from that book. How dare she? And you know what? I, I kind of understand why she's reading from it, because Agatha spoke so much about her in the damn book. So if she's trying to understand herself, and one of the lines that she did say to Monica before she flew away, well, before she walked and then flew, was that you know she she doesn't even know what she is, what her powers are, and that sort of thing. So I kind of get that she would be curious about that um based off of uh, all of us here saw Agents of shield so based off of what we learned on agents of shield about the dark hold is that it is a bad book and um you know you're not supposed to open it now uh, agents of shield and that mythology and that usage of the dark hold is clearly not the route that the mcu proper is going to be doing when it comes to the dark hold but uh, do either of you have any information about the dark hold and is it really a bad idea for uh, the scarlet witch to be reading it well, she doesn't have a lot of other options. She doesn't, you know, well, have her own that. magical library she can uh, call upon. So I like the fact that she is studying it, you know, trying to understand her power. Uh, you know, maybe don't go to the evil, evil book. Uh, but it does have a whole chapter about you. And let's face it, if, if any of us found out there was a book, you know, that mentioned us, we'd be flipping to the index to find, you know, where we were mentioned in the book anyway. It's uh, it's a very human thing. True. Priscilla, what about you? Any any additional thoughts on uh, the dark hold? Like it's a human thing, but she's a superhero. She's supposed to be better than that. Than oh my god! Like she's there. There, she has access to the Sorcerer Supreme. Why the hell didn't she go to him and ask him? Hey, in all of your travels, in all of the travels of the your students that have gone through, have any of them heard of something called the Scarlet Witch? Because apparently that's what I am, and I need to find out more about myself. Like, and then he'll be like, you're the Scarlet Witch, let's lock you up. Ah. <laughs> uh, That's funny. But she she needs she needs to find out, like, in a healthy way, not by using the fucking dark hold. Well true. That book is no bueno. It's not exactly. good. But the dark hold does lead us to Cathan. Maybe. At some point. Somewhere. Uh. <laughs> Yes. Okay. Uh, all right. So before we get into MVP and before we start to rate this episode, so after we, so now we've seen WandaVision, we've given our, our sort of ideas in, in about the future, but was there anything else from the series that sort of inspires ideas from where some of these characters can go? Like, do we have, I know, well, maybe not, but I mean, there's still white vision out there. We've got Jimmy and Darcy reintroduced after not seeing them for a moment. We have Monica. Clearly, she's setting up potentially Captain Marvel 2 and uh, Secret Invasion. Um, any Was there anything that we saw throughout the series that just inspired 
an idea of like where we might see some of these characters again in the future. Usually at this point when we we're, when we come to like a season finale, we're always talking about the next season. Clearly WandaVision is not going to have another season. Will there be another Disney Plus series with maybe Wanda as a star or Vision as a star or maybe even Wanda and Vision as a star? Potentially, maybe, who knows, but there won't be another WandaVision. You know what I'm saying? So, was there anything, could you see this series setting up anything else? Just asking. Well, people were spouting undercurrents of maybe having, like, kind of like an X-Files-ish sort of, like, series with Jimmy Woo and Darcy. And that had a lot of traction at the time. And I thought it was, I thought it was a damn good idea. I'm hoping that that could brought to light and brought into the Disney Plus series just because they they have such great chemistry together and she's not doing anything considering Love and Thunder isn't didn't call her to work on the on there she's posting on Instagram like all the time and posting nothing from Love and Thunder so does do you really think that means that she might not be there I mean, come on. I will say this about Kat Dennings. Uh, in an interview, she did allude to the fact that we would be seeing Darcy more. Um, and she couldn't say what projects she was involved in. But she did say that she would be popping up in interesting places. So I was happy about that. Because what, when was the last time we saw Darcy? Thor 2? That horrible one? No offense to anybody that liked it? Um, yeah, that was horrible movie (laughs) and when was that like that was a long time ago a long time ago so yeah um i hope to see more of darcy and more of jimmy and i would love to see jimmy get a promotion um for the longest i always thought he was like shield or something and he's just an fbi agent so if they uh, bring back or introduce another marvel um what would you call it? Like a bureaucratic agency? I'd love, I'd love for Jimmy Woo to be a part of it. Well, he'll probably be in uh, the next uh, Ant-Man movie, Quantumania, because um, oh, he's sort God. of you know, part of that. Yeah, could you uh, as I said it? earlier, I would love to see an Agatha Harkness magical mystery tour through the ages. She's got 300 yes. years of history uh, that she could be dealing with. Uh, I think that could be delightful. Um, Aside from that, no, I think we, we've we've pretty much you know touched on on everything. Uh, movies. There is you know comic book uh, you know tradition of uh, uh, Vision and the Scarlet Witch because you know the uh, the the white emotionless Vision uh, is comic book accurate, and you know uh, you know uh, the way they dealt with it in the comics uh, was you know uh, Wanda having to come to terms with the fact that you know even though her husband was still there physically, he didn't feel anything, and you know yada yada. It feels very Arrowverse, quite frankly. Uh, I'm hoping they don't go that route, uh, just because, you know, uh, Paul Bettany uh, and Elizabeth Olsen play off each other so well. But it was when he was, you know, his, you know, he, when he was Wanda's vision, not when he was the uh, the colder vision. And while I, I think his, his portrayal of the colder vision is fine and great, and, you know, I, I hope he stays part of the MCU and keeps getting those paychecks, um, uh, I don't think we'd have the same chemistry between them because it would be a different vision. True. We didn't even talk about that moment when uh, he nearly, White Vision nearly cracked her head like a walnut. That was, oh, that was so creepy. Yes, and all the cracks and stuff. I was like, oh, Lord, she's going to get squeed like a damn grape. Um, yeah, that looked painful. Um, I loved his line, though. They said you were powerful. 
powerful. I was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> he will crack her head a lot quicker, though. Like it should have just been one little. <laughs> I know when I'm cracking people's heads, I always do it quickly, just you know, to stop me from being stopped. Also, if his head was, yeah. if his hands were, you know, uh, like that much of a vice on her head, when other vision came in and fly flew by and hit him, he would have carried her along with him. Yeah, she wouldn't have just been left behind. But you're not supposed to think logically like Priscilla thinks. A part of me just wonders why he doesn't just phase through her and just like solidify. Would that have killed her a lot faster? Lord. He was doing a little supervillain posing. Yes. Well as you know, it's the first time he meets her, you know what I'm saying? You gotta take it slow. Before you solidify (laughs) inside her. (laughs) I don't know. I'm I'm Thinking you like Mortal Kombat and endings and shit like that. Yeah. Well, you'll see that on HBO Max in about two months. Or in a month <laughs> now. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right. So now it is time for the MVP, the most valuable player. State which character impressed you throughout the episode and why. Once a character has been chosen, they cannot be selected again. So choose wisely. Okay. Um, let's see. I don't remember. Who oh, why, why don't you let your, give yourself a treat, Jeff? You've, you've allowed us to go first every time. Why don't you go first and pick the one you, you obviously want to pick? That's so very nice of you to say. Yes, I agree. Wow. Oh, I, yeah, I hardly ever go first. And usually when I pick myself first, it's because I'm selfishly doing it. Um, all right. I am going to pick Elizabeth Olsen. I'm going to pick Wanda Maximoff. I just loved her throughout the episode. Um, genre programming, it's very difficult for genre series to be nominated for Emmys. But there are many actors on the show that I think should get nominations. But if there's anyone that I really think deserves 100% a win, that's Elizabeth Olsen. She did a phenomenal job throughout the entire series, and she brought it in this episode. The emotions, uh, just everything about it. Like, I was on the edge of my seat just watching her. Uh, she was brilliant. Um, because this is, uh, I would assume that they would call this a limited series. I, I would, I hope that she gets nominated as a lead actor, actress in a limited series. Um, I, I, and I hope that she wins. I feel like she 100% deserves it. She put in the work and, um, I loved it. All right. Um, Priscilla, you can go next. Who's your MVP and why? Yay, thank you. And to your Wanda, I pick Vision. Because I loved the whole Ship of Theseus argument to its successful conclusion of restoring the Vision as he should be. As White Vision? Blank Vision? I don't know what they're going to call him. But as the Vision. Single Vision. (laughs) Yes, not cataract anymore. Yeah, but cured vision. I'm, I'm, I loved that, and I loved the ending scene. I loved seeing the care in his voice when he talked to Wanda, and he's like, "What am I?" And when he basically bid her goodbye, saying, "Like we'll meet again at some point." That was beautiful, and. I loved it, and I just hope that we see more of him as Red Vision, because as much as I like White Vision, I'm going to miss Red Vision. They can give him a paint job, right? No? Okay. They can call him Clear Vision. 
You know, you put the, you put the visine in, and you got clear vision. Yeah. Sorry, Professor. I apologize for the Juno humor. <laughs> Wait, what were you going to say, Priscilla? Oh, okay, nothing. Beautiful, clear okay. vision. Yes. <laughs> Professor, your MVP. Uh, well, just to put an end to all the uh, the slander that you two were trying to spread of not liking Catherine Hahn, uh, she's obviously you know the uh, the third star. Um, you know there there were some great supporting uh, roles, but you know uh, more for you know the the quieter moments, not when she was standing screaming exposition at people but you know when we got the close-ups uh you know uh you know that that closing scene with her was tremendous uh you know um the uh the scene where you know wanda got into her mind just the the very subtle uh facial gestures uh that uh, Catherine hahn does uh you know she was she was so so good um uh, just a, a tremendous actress it's it's difficult to imagine anyone uh playing that role as well as she did 100% facts. And I will say both of you have uh, given the MVP to two people that I think should uh, be uh, at least nominated for Emmys. Period. Uh, we'll see what happens in the fall, but uh, hopefully WandaVision gets some love because, man, just everything was spectacular, including uh, the three actors that we picked as our MVPs for this episode. So now it's time to rate the episode. How would you rate this episode on a scale of 1 to 10 televisions? The point system is allowed, and if you found the episode exceptional, deserving of more than a 10, you may grant the episode the coveted golden television. So, let's start off with you, Professor. No, How I think, we- Jeff, you should go first again. <laughs> you're, you're always just lying back in the cut, waiting to see what we do, and then you, you either copy us or you split the difference between us. Let's, let's just uh, put it on the line here. You go first this time. Oh, okay. I love it. Are you being all Agatha to my Wanda? I feel like you are. All right. He put the runes up, Priscilla. So I will go first. Okay. Um, I like the episode. I I completely hear the quibbles and uh, I, I you know I've read all the feedback online and uh, you know some people really enjoyed it and some people had problems because their theories did not become a reality I didn't have a problem with the episode um, I thought it was fantastic from beginning to end I really enjoyed uh, it upon the second viewing because I you know after sort of realizing some stuff and then seeing you know seeing it again and just realizing even more I, I just noticed so much more uh, upon every rewatch as I have with other episodes. Um, yeah, so I am going to give this episode a 9.5. I think that's the best number for it, for me. Nine and a half tele- televisions. Professor, now you go next. Um, you know, I agree. I, I, it, it was not the strongest episode of the lot. I think episode seven and episode eight were, were you know, better. Uh, but I found it very satisfying. I thought it wrapped things up nicely and was, was a fine episode in its own right. But, you know, we have talked about, you know, some, you know, uh, the niggling little uh, complaints uh, about it that I think made it, you know, not as good as, as the best episodes. Uh, but I think nine and a half, I think it was a very solid episode. You know, I watched the second time uh, and it was just as good. So, uh, yeah, I think it's a perfectly satisfactory rate. Yes. All right, Priscilla, what about you? What's your take on the episode? How would you rate this episode? I wouldn't give it a nine and a half. I'd give it a nine. Just mm-hmm. because I didn't particularly like the last the 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 last ending, the, the one that hints at Doctor Strange and the and the multiverse of madness. And I 
really didn't like the Hayward Monica fight scene. I thought mm-hmm. that was just sloppily handled. But um, other than that, I, I, that's what the one point is dinged off of. Everything else is was perfect. I loved it. Ship of Theseus, Ralph Boner, the ending, the goodbye, the little kids getting a fight. It was perfect. Yeah. I will say this, and, and uh, it's something we have mentioned on occasion, but since this is the, the final episodic discussion that we're having, the series was incredibly cinematic. Like, this, this final episode was, in essence, what we would have gotten as, like, the final act of a big screen MCU feature. And the fact that they were able to do that and give it to us on Disney+, Plus, which is, you know, just a streaming service. In essence, this is a television show. I mean, props to them. The fact that they were able to do that, uh, just kudos. And and it really is a testament to, like, what we're going to see on Disney Plus with these official MCU television series. So if this is just the beginning, I can't wait to see what they do next, especially with the visuals. Like, I just can't imagine what Loki is going to look like, that television series. It's going to look fantastic. So, uh, all right, my co-hosts and listeners, it's that time it's the end of the season, so we're going to grade the season of WandaVision. A, B, C, D, F, pluses and minuses are allowed. So let's start off with Priscilla. How would you grade Disney Plus's very first Marvel television series, WandaVision? Well, we've had a lot of ups and downs with WandaVision, but mostly it's been up. So I really can't give this season anything lower than an A. Like, it's just really good television. It was the, the lowest I've ever given this episode. An episode is a B, I think. And that was once, maybe. But, like, just the whole season in general was... Once you see it as a whole, it's got great rewatchability. It's and seeing it from the beginning, you see a beautiful homage to American television mixed with Marvel, sort of, with all of these like little tidbits and fan and and Easter eggs for you to keep you company while you're just sitting there chewing at your fingers wondering what the hell is going to happen next we need to know more and then when it finally hits you it's such a big hit that you have to give it a golden television because it's just so good and then you 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 keep going and it's just perfect television from then on out like it's it, it really is just Really good television. I, I I can't give it anything lower than nay. All right, starting off strong, Professor X. What about you? How would you grade this season of Wandavision? I think I have to give it an A plus. Uh, you know, I was I was you know I was 
desperately waiting for each new episode to come out. Uh, when each one ended, I just wanted to talk about it and figure out what had happened and speculate and, and really just watch the next episode. Uh, I think this is, was a tremendous, you know, uh, first out of the gate for, uh, you know, the uh, the Disney Plus uh, Marvel TV shows. And honestly, I don't see how the uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier can live up to it. This was just really, really Good and and funny at times, but very mature and grown up and dealing with, you know, mature themes, you know, grief and dealing with grief, not, ooh, I want that shiny stone or mm, I want to punch you in the face. Uh, a very smart grown up series with a lot of fun and uh, uh, a lot of heart, humor and spectacle. So I thought it was, yeah, an A plus. And I'm going to give the series an A plus. It was a fantastic first Marvel series for Disney+. Plus. What a fantastic series. It was magical. It was fun. It was heartwarming. It tugged at the heartstrings. Everybody brought their A-game. The entire cast was fantastic. The visuals were superb. The story was amazing. Uh, gosh, just what a... This was the very first Marvel series on Disney Plus and wow they just knocked it out the park what a superb job from beginning to end you know the the writers the creators they really took their love of television and they were able to convey it in such a marvelous way like no pun intended we're talking about a marvel series and i said marvelous but it was simply Marvelous. So an A-plus from me. And I don't know if we will see any of these characters. Well, that's a lie. We will be seeing these characters again. I don't know if we will ever see WandaVision, the television series, again. But, uh, wow, we will be able to revisit it for years to come on Disney+. Plus. And on that note, we would like to thank everyone for joining us these past nine episodes. Here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Just search for The Avengers Initiative, WandaVision, and subscribe. Thanks, announcer. My co-hosts, for the final time this season, please wish the listeners a good night, starting off with Priscilla. Okie dokie, artichokey. Goodbye, everybody. And the professor. Oh, if you come to me first, I was going to say, no, Jeff, I think you should sign off first this time. Good night, everyone. Brilliant. Thanks for tuning in. From all of us here at the Avengers Initiative, WandaVision, we wish you a good night.